Welcome to this episode of the C-Suite podcast, which is part of our internal communications series. My name is Debbie West, and in this episode, we are going to explore the use of AI in internal communications. I'm delighted to be speaking with three internal communications leaders who've kindly agreed to share their insights and their experiences. And do stay tuned to the end because they're going to share their top tips with you. A big thank you to Shalini Gupta, Frank Dias and Melanie Wheeler. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Let's start with Shalini. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Frank and Melanie. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast. I'm Shalini. I'm a senior internal communications lead for the UK EMEA region for Arup. We're a firm of designers, architects, engineers and sustainability consultants working across the globe who've delivered some iconic projects, most notable being the Sydney Opera House. Impressive. Yeah, thanks, Shalini. Thanks for joining us. Frank, how about you? Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you and, and welcome to everyone as well. My name is Frank Dias. I'm the internal comms manager at a visual effects company called Framestore. They brought me in recently to actually set up their first internal comms structure. So I'm busy designing that. Brilliant. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for joining us. And Melanie. Hi, everybody. Um, lovely to meet you. I'm Melanie. I head up global internal communications for a company called Sutherland. We are an experience-led digital transformation company. That means we use our people, process and technology to help clients deliver exceptional experiences for their customers. Very impressive. Thank you and welcome everybody. Now it's been a year since ChatGPT pushed the use of generative AI into focus for us and it made the use of AI language models much more accessible to communicators. And since then I've seen a heavy blend of concern and excitement about the potential for AI that's been expressed across online discussions. So what are actually the main sources of information we can rely on about the use of AI in internal communications? And Shalini, I'd like to ask you that question. Yeah, so after so many years of scepticism and resistance, we are finally witnessing a surge in the interest in AI within internal comms. And ChatGPT, you're right, Debbie, and the generative technologies have definitely been an inflection point. And in this itself is really good progress, I'd say. In terms of resources, there's a sea of information out there about the use of AI in internal comms, ranging from membership bodies, releasing AI papers, to academic journals and industry reports, to blogs and podcasts. It's such a fast-moving landscape. I don't think it's possible to have the absolute answers to the big questions in one single resource for AI. So here are some of the credible sources that I'd point out that I also found useful as part of my recent CIPR chartership earlier this year. The first one, obviously, the CIPR is Humans Needed More Than Ever report that was released earlier this year. It's the world's first comprehensive analysis of the use of AI across public relations disciplines, not just internal communications and its impact on our work as a discipline. And one of the conclusions from the report is how AI is creating an opportunity for a profession-wide strategic shift in focus for us and that people's skills, such as ethical decision-making, leadership, relationship building, will still be in high demand so definitely a good report to look into. Secondly, IOIC's very recent white paper on AI. It starts from the basics of AI to the possible impact of the emergent technologies on employee experience and shaping that employee experience journey and the future of work with the potential to disrupt and transform jobs and organizational designs. Another a very comprehensive report to dive into. Thirdly, I recently attended Simply's internal comms conference with a special focus on AI, where I also spoke on a panel about trust in digital age. So I'd really urge all communicators out there to keep an eye on industry events 
as you get to hear from in-house comms folks sharing their case studies and how they've actually experimented or the intentions to use AI within internal comms. I recommend to follow an influencer on LinkedIn, Dr. Joy Balimni. She's the best-selling author of a book called Unmasking AI, Mission to Protect What is Human in a World of Machines. Really interesting title, that one. I heard her TED talk. It talks about algorithmic bias, which has hit 1.5 million views. And her thesis uncovers large racial and gender bias in AI services from companies like Microsoft, IBM, and Amazon. And she talks a lot about responsible use of AI and ethically AI. Definitely one to follow. She's also an advisor to world leaders and technology execs on reducing the harms of AI. I loved some of those name drops. I'm going to definitely follow some of those. With so many people at the moment, they're very much experimenting and trying to find their way in all of this. So that would be my main call to action for anyone listening is very much. Start experimenting if you can. Who I've seen in terms of main sources of information, uh, it's mostly been freelancers and consultants or agencies that I'm seeing a lot of content on, particularly on LinkedIn, who are really talking about experimenting with AI and, and actually getting out there and talking to comms teams. There's one fantastic comms lead in Denmark. Uh, his name's Jonas Blatt Hansen. So I'd highly recommend following him. And he posts very regularly about his conversations with lots of different comms clients that he's working with when he hosts workshops on AI. So he's a great source. Many comms conferences and webinars are all talking about this topic uh, and sharing lots of info. Uh, And I think the main value for comms people, if you can get to go on these conferences or watch them virtually, is the conversations that are being had around the table. And that's really where the sort of learning will kick in a lot more. I really recommend conferences and webinars. Melanie, what are you seeing are the main benefits or the potential main benefits of including AI in your internal comms processes? So Frank just mentioned about you know sources and, and conferences and things that are, that are so important. And actually, I went to a Unily conference recently and Stephen Fry was talking and he said technology is not a noun, it's a verb because it's always moving. And I think that's really key when you think about AI. I know there's lots of resistors out there, particularly those worried that AI is going to take over the role of comms, but I don't think that's ever going to be the case. So we're a really small team um, in a very large company, and we're still expected to respond really quickly to you know, requests for articles, scripts, all sorts of things. And so what we're trying to do is, Frank says, experimenting. We're, we've been doing a lot of experimenting with OpenAI to try and help us to be more efficient in the way we're producing things. So we use it mainly to create that first draft. We're getting smarter at, at being able to prompt the AI, you know, chat, GPT, whatever, and help it to just give us the first draft of the script. But of course, you know, there's a lot of things we need to think about in terms of going in with our eyes open, being aware that it wants to please So we need to make sure we're fact checking and and all of those things. But really, I think it's easier to react when you think about editing things. It's easier to react to something rather than craft from scratch. So in terms of helping us and speeding up how we're doing things and how we're producing things, it's a massive help for us. Just echo Melanie's points there. It's really important that we're at the center of anything that we're creating still. So we're still very much should be seen and in the mindset and behaviors that we're the owners and the creators of the final outputs. So that's definitely core in terms of getting your head around, uh, is this something that's going to take my job? Because the reality is, as Melanie's highlighted, we're still very much the creators of the comms. 
people still come into us for advice and there still needs to be that human touch of ownership simply because businesses are made up of people. So that should definitely be cool. In terms of how I've been using it and how it's benefited me and, and some of my previous teams is the efficiency that this technology can help us with. It's allowing me to get off the blank page for a lot of things. Now, I've got all my sort of experience and lived experiences and my knowledge, but where AI can help is via prompting and asking the right questions and really fine-tuning those questions. It can help you have that kickstart. That then allows you to then do, add your value into that conversation or that content and to actually shape it in a way that makes sense. I've also been using it from a research point of view because of the wealth of information on AI uh, through their large language models. Researching is almost a cinch. I would always recommend using it as a starting point, but also do your own research because what we bring to the table is a lot of the nuances, a lot of the abstract, a lot of the creative. Mm -hmm. And this is where AIs don't really do that in its current state. I've also been using it for imagery and that imagery is really around generation of imagery. Uh, and some of that is linked to how do I make sometimes my news stories a bit more interesting where I don't have images. So again, it allows me to add a bit more of a creative crafting flair to it and trying to get off that um, blank page. I also see there's potential future benefits as well uh, that can just help the whole communication flow within a business work better. Some of that could be gathering employee stories via comms bots, whereby AI assistants are actually out there and interacting in conversation with employees with stories. And so that you train the bot to go through a certain template and certain prompts that the bot would then uh, interact with the employee to actually generate a news story in, in a way that you have designed yourself. Some other ideas around smarter emails to reduce the amount of noise. Uh, and I'm sure that will definitely escalate and be developed, as well as personalization of comms completely different level. So there's definitely lots of interesting integrations of the potential of AI can add to the comms stack of all of our tools and platforms. There's lots of these interesting things on the horizon. I've not gone deep into the using it for imagery, partly because a lot of the imagery we want to use is, is people. You know, we think about people comms. Yeah. And it makes me nervous to think about how will people, will they see these authentic images and 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 think that they're then fake, if you like. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I know it's something we'd like to explore because I'm sure it can, it can help, but it, it's definitely something I know is top of mind for me. <laughs> yeah, I've mostly been sort of experimenting with trying to understand what and how does it generate as well as trying to help me with my own prompting. Mm -hmm. I mostly use it where I don't have any imagery that's related. And in particular, where my topic might be a bit more abstract than people-centered. So yeah, that's how I've used it. And also just to try and experiment and be curious. But yeah, you're 100% right. The whole issue of authentic imagery mm -hmm. versus fake. And we don't want to water down what we do either. And we're trying to bring to life that sort of human side of it. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, and I think what's really interesting is we've just had this conversation about for every potential benefit, there's also a, a concern that goes along with it, which, you know, we've discussed in terms of the use of imagery. What other concerns or barriers are you encountering as you explore the use of AI in internal comms? There's so many barriers and concerns, uh, and it sometimes outweighs the amount of opportunities and 
we're so used to picking up on fear and, and worries over opportunities. In terms of the barriers for me, and, and very much like Melanie and I have sort of talked about from an image point of view, there's quite a lot in terms of traceability of sources where these things are generating from. Copyright issues around certain well-known IP or brands that we want to sort of generate certain things about. Inputting of confidential information into these different AI platforms. And you've got this mix of open and free, but public models versus enterprise and closed, and are therefore not training the public model. And that, that can be confusing. Uh, and that line isn't very clear at all in the majority of AI tools that are, are out there. And it's very much a brave new world, but it's exciting at the same time. But businesses might not be able to see the full picture. Um, and that's really where I think the concerns and barriers are. But this is where I think a lot of it comes down to ourselves to train ourselves. And we should be asking ourselves many questions when we are using it and just doing that regular sense check. Yeah, absolutely. Melanie, I know this is something that you and I have discussed. What barriers have you encountered and how have you sort of overcome them? Frank's listed them all, but just to sort of come on into how we sort of overcome them or, or at least keep the eyes wide open in terms of confidential information, very aware. We So we use the, the free version at the moment for AI. So when we're prompting, we're not using company names. We're not using people's names. We're staying away. So I'll just put, you know, a company or XYZ company. And so just using fake things so that no one no one could draw it back to you using different numbers, for example, if you need to input numbers or, or it'll be. So just being very generic. Again, we're only using it to set the baseline draft and, and sort of give us that something to react to and, and to edit. So it works quite well for us. The traceability piece is, is really interesting um, too, because of course, as communicators, we've been brought up to cite everything, right? And, and of course, when you're using OpenAI, it's sort of, well, what am I citing? Because it doesn't cite anything. And with my team, I think, you know, we've got a, a view that if we've done a lot of editing and it doesn't look like the original, then I'm comfortable that it's their work. If we were just copying and pasting the majority of the, the open AI, then we need to say or make a comment that says powered by ChatGPT or powered by open AI somehow, because, again, that's us being transparent and ethical. There's a nervousness, of course, by people doing that because their view is, well, if I do that too often, people will say, well, why do we need you then? We just use ChatGPT. And I think we've got to, you know, again, help our leaders and our, our companies understand going back to frank's point is we'll always need the communicators to humanize it you know we are the owners the creators of the comms we know our audiences you know so we mustn't be afraid of that and we must find a way to help our leaders understand why we're using it and it helps us to react quicker and to be able to produce things a lot more efficiently I think that's a great point. And in terms of internal communicators supporting their leaders and also their people with the use and adoption of AI in their organizations more broadly, Shalini, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's clear from everything, you know, we've read and experienced about AI that privacy, safety and authenticity, I think, especially of the leadership voice is the most important factor for AI to be trustworthy. And just talking about the Edelman Trust Barometer that has you know, often been, been quoted in this context that places businesses as the only institution seen as competent and ethical and people expecting leaders to have a view on issues outside of the business, on societal issues, on geopolitical issues. 
and the most trustable and source of information is my employer. So as comms practitioners, we have a really important role to play in working with our leaders to continue to maintain trust because that's what the trust barometer is telling that the you know trust is there in an increasingly digital world. So from my perspective, how do we do it? It's it's a formula that you know I often talk about. It's the three aspects of the trust equation basically from a credibility, reliability and intimacy perspective while working with the leaders. Make sure the messages that you're working on, what leaders are talking about, we're closing the say and do gap. So what we promise is what we deliver and we are clear and transparent and honest with our people. So for example, we're not downplaying organizational challenges. Secondly, reliability aspect of it, the consistency of our comms narrative, the cadence of messaging so people know what and when to expect. There's so many sources of information out there. This point of time and lack of clarity always gives way to assumptions. And so the vicious cycle of mistrust begins. For example, people finding out their company information or an latest update from LinkedIn first or their Insta before their leaders have talked about it. And lastly, intimacy, which really says it's the reminder, constant reminder of our shared purpose and values at every stage of the employee experience. So we're all talking from the same hymn sheet. We have the line of sight, the same purpose and goals. And we know that familiarity, most importantly, is the strong base for building trust, active listening by our leaders. Because when we listen to the people, we know trust is higher. People tend to have more psychological safety and openness is where we know that people have the voices that can be heard and respected. They are then more likely to share their feedback and ask questions and explore and embrace new ways of working, including the integration of AI technologies, you know, which is what as communicators, we're trying hard to work with our leaders and businesses on. It's really funny, though, because we're talking about authenticity Mm. and AI in the same sentence. And I'm thinking about efficiency and and sort of my my gut says, okay, great. You know, nowadays I can get a a 20 second voice recording of my CEO, for example, or a video recording of my CEO. And I can then input a script and then it looks like he's recorded that video. And so there's a there's a challenge, isn't there, of are we building trust if people think your your videos that you're producing aren't really the person? And do they know it's not really the person? And when do we tell them it's not really the person? So we have to have a fine balance, don't we, between the authenticity side of the building trust, but also where where do we find those efficiencies in in what we're producing? It's it's a really interesting conversation to be having. <laughs> Going back to the Unilee conference I was at, Stephen Fry shared that he'd come across a documentary that apparently he narrated and he didn't narrate it. And so, you know, this this whole piece around deep fake, but who knew it's happening out there. And, you know, we don't know what to trust. So when you see things come up saying narrated by Melanie Wheeler or whoever, and you suddenly think I didn't do that. And internally, we have a massive responsibility to our people to be transparent with them and either make a commitment that that will never happen but then when you're pushed for time and your CEO says well you know could you just you know do we do it or not it's something I'm still toying with and I'm I'm, I'm not sure whether that's a, the right thing to do because they want to get, do the messaging they want to do the right things give a message to their people etc but there's a time issue and, and it's where do you where do you you know balance that and, th- and that's a really interesting point because there's the ethical consideration versus authenticity. We've gone out a couple of months back when everybody was talking about chat GPT with guidance pointing people to our code of conduct, mm-hmm. which specifically talks about, you know, ethical consideration and data governance. 
and how to you know really consider how the algorithm actually works and educating people because people don't often understand how it actually works we often think about the output from ChatGPT and similar AI models, but it's actually, you know, what goes through behind the algorithms that produce these outputs. We've said it's not that you don't use it, but just be mindful of the business integrity, code of conduct and practice, confidential information, the digital technology and security part of it, and of course, data privacy. As internal communicators, we are very much bound to the ethical code of conduct of practice as, you know, the membership bodies, the IOIC and CIPR have laid out. When it comes to tough decisions, think about the, the code of conduct and the, the ethical guidelines set out for us. It's, it's a tough one, but it's what guides us as professional practitioners. Mm-hmm. And I think there's uh, brilliant points there. Us comms leaders have a real opportunity because we've got a lot of that grounding in play in, in most of the work that we do. There's a real need, I think, of companies developing their principles in terms of its use. Uh, and making sure that all leaders sign off on that. And I think this is where there's a gap at the moment as communicators who are experimenting and getting to know it. We've got an opportunity to actually shine in that space, really help develop AI principles. I think that's a great point. And, and Melanie, how are you approaching ethical considerations? Shalini said, you know, we've, we've got to get in early and drive this as part of our code of conduct, whether it's content that we're putting on social media, using internally, how we cite things. Uh, and we're, you know, we're early on in those discussions, but they're happening. It's eye opening, really. And I think, you know, the more we have the conversations, the more we're driving people to really think about What's the impact of what we'll do? You know, whether it's using ChatGPT for just a, an article and then sort of giving us that base draft, whether it's using it for chatbots and things like that, or, or even going so far as really the deep fake type videos, where do you draw the line? That line will vary um, for, for different people for, for different reasons. And, and so it's it's really just being able to have the debate and being comfortable to just talk about it and, and then agree as an organization what what we're going to do so we're we're on that road haven't finalized yet but we're on the road that, that, that's great to hear melanie and i think there's almost a sense of not having to reinvent the wheel here too much your own company will hopefully have its own code of conduct as well as your purpose and your values and i think we're all on the sort of change curve at the moment with all of this which really links to good approaches with dealing with change and there's a whole mindset and behaviors point here that we as communicators have an opportunity to help steer and influence and like you sort of said Melanie bringing people around the table to have the conversation so that we start to really look at what are the sorts of mindsets and behaviors linked with our purpose and values and code of conduct around having that sort of good moral approach that's linked with our business. Yeah. And, you know, that the moral piece is important as well, because, of course, as the AI is sort of goes through the machine learning, the natural reaction is is sort of a a machine surely will think everyone's the same. You know, when we think about unconscious bias and things like that, but actually it complies with the moral values of its operators. So as we're helping it to learn, we've got to make sure that we're ethical in how which how we're teaching it and you know if if we're doing that because otherwise you know we're going to go down a road we don't want to be going down 
Great discussion about ethics. I'm interested to find out if any of you are building AI into your communication strategy explicitly and have you managed to bring your AI plans to life through your strategy at all? I've only been at the place I've been at um, recently for the last uh, four months. But one of the things I talked about with my manager when I joined was actually adding uh, a role for internal comms around AI and building that into my draft strategy. And um, we had a really good conversation about it, around uh, what it is that comms would do around that. Um, and one of the things he sort of got me to think about a lot more was trying to make it as business as usual and actually sort of calling it out as a very specific aim of our strategy. Is that actually the right thing to do to put it on that pillow rather than actually baking it in to normalizing it a lot more? And then building out my priorities associated with that to actually then do some work on AI, integrating it into an internal comms strategy. So I, I took that conversation to heart. And really what I've tried to do since is actually show and be open and transparent about my use of AI. Uh, and the way I've always positioned it has been to come back to that point of I'm the creator and owner of my content, but I this is how I use AI to help uh, enhance my content uh, and so I've always been open with different leaders I've worked with uh, on different things so one example is uh, one of our officers was looking at a new move to a new building at a future stage and so they want to do a survey of the employees to get their views on the current state of the building the future state I have a lot of experience of that but again to recall my knowledge and maybe some of my past work would take me a little while but I've got that knowledge anyway in general. So I use AI to help me to get off the blank page and give me a standard set of questions that most uh, companies would be asking around this. So again, I make it very general whereby I don't need to put details about the company I work with or any specific. All of that information is for me to own. So I was able to generate a set of questions and then I just took that out from the AI and then I worked with it offline and actually shaped it with all the nuances that I know that are then intrinsic to our business to actually then shape it in a way whereby it's a lot more integrated and on message. And then I then work collaboratively with our leaders on that. And so I mentioned this to our CEO and our different leaders I've been working on this project for. And what I'm starting to see is leaders are associating me with using AI. Um, and so I'm starting to build up trust with our leaders that I'm a first mover in it. And I'm actually showing them that it can be a way of partnering it with what you bring to the table as well. So that's how I'm sort of looking at trying to use AI within their sort of internal comms strategy, internal comms priorities to actually get my foundations right, build up my credibility and really help my leaders come to me uh, with some of these different questions. And also uh, another piece I'm working on this well is the narrative that we want to talk about AI within the business. And in particular, I'm working with different areas of the business at the infancy level at the moment, because they're technical. Some of the work I, I do is technical and they're developing work on AI and uh, large language models and machine learning and some of the technical aspects that they do. So they've brought me in to help them tell the narrative story that they want employees 
to connect with and understand. And so that's a journey uh, campaign, effectively. So I'm trying to cut both sides of that AI topic in terms of getting the foundations right and get my credibility well understood. Um, and also trying to help the business where it's relevant to them from a business commercial side. Thank you. That sounds like a really good model and approach to to follow. Shalini, did you have any thoughts on using AI in your strategy or how it's playing out inside your organization? There are AI use cases within the business itself, you know, as sustainability consultants, but not specifically as mature thinking as Frank has pointed out, which I'm quite impressed with in terms of internal comms. But what I would say is that, you know, while thinking about infusing it into your internal comms strategy, you know, you're not on your own because there will be other functions who are already thinking about AI and who are possibly, you know, more mature in the thinking from a use perspective. So joining any cross-departmental AI workforces is really a good start. It's also, if you don't have an AI task force, think about establishing one. Why not just set up one? And the more you learn and share ideas, the better. Because I'm already all thinking of starting one at my workplace with the internal communications for across the globe. Because the more we can collaborate each other, the more we're talking about efficiency and how we can, you know, work together and scale up the way we work on various internal comms initiatives. And then to reinstate Frank's point about the trusted advisor and the strategic communicator hat on, just get involved at the start of projects to define the ethics and the use of AI guidelines. That doesn't take away anything from what we do as communicators, but it only defines where we add more value. Yeah, great point. Really great point. So to close our discussion today, I really wanted you to share some advice for other internal communicators who may be just starting out in their use or experimentation with AI. So what are your top tips? Shalini, I'm going to ask you first. The top tip would be most importantly, understand the basics of AI. The IOIC AI framework is absolutely comprehensive. It goes right from the basics of really, really teaching you, you know, how the algorithms actually work and, you know, what is AI and the different type of AI technologies out there. This knowledge will form the foundation for making informed decisions then about AI applications. That would be the very, very first thing. And, you know, other things that we've said in the podcast earlier, start small and experiment, you know, it could be things like to generate catchy headlines or summaries of reports or presentations and starting so small so that you get familiar with the technology and its capabilities. Because as you get familiar with the technology and capabilities, you can start to define and make decisions about, you know, what more can this do for us? Obviously, you know, all this within the parameters of the ethical guidelines, the considerations and not disregarding the data governance in place for your organizations. So I think, you know, baby steps start small. And then, of course, like I said earlier as well, collaborate, join hands with other functions in your organizations, because more often than not, you know, people are already thinking about who else we can get together with. So why not make a start as communicators? It's important to remember that everyone is at a different journey. Everyone is learning at the same time as well. Excellent. Thank you. Melanie, how about you? But building on that point of just getting involved in everything AI, I think, you know, and partnering with teams across the business. I think it's a massive upskilling opportunity for for communicators, not just in terms of upskilling in AI, but really taking time to learn about how to prompt well and how to then refine and, and push it to do more for you. So you can have a first draft, make it more concise, you know, and you can really narrow it down so that you become more efficient. So I'd say go and learn everything you can about AI, play with it, you know, really get involved. Excellent. That's great. So Frank, what are your top tips on AI? 
I think the theme for me is very much what both these ladies have mentioned. It's upskilling. There's so many free courses out there and they're all sort of developed by all the big leaders within this space. People from Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn Learning. So that there's many sort of trusted sources for free stuff to actually prove your own knowledge. And then the flip side to that as well is there's so many other individuals out there who are also posting great amounts of knowledge sharing and so YouTube is a great source I use to really sort of hone in on a few individuals who are regular speakers about it. Um, and I'm trying to build up my curiosity muscle as well by not limiting myself to just one type of industry talking about AI. Um, but also I'm looking at uh, other technologists, other AI artists, other types of folk who are getting involved. And I'm being curious to see what they're developing. And that's helping me just having such a wide range in appreciation of how it's been used and not just in comms. And then my final point would be, it's an opportunity as well for comms folk to connect with their learning teams, their training teams, and actually see whether you can help guide your business if the appetite's there to actually maybe set up a mandatory course on AI upskilling, which is very much around the basics. And, and then that's a great platform for you to then talk about once it's been approved, your business principles and its use. Yeah, there's there's definitely some nice bits for comms people to sort of evolve into around AI. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's a great way to round off the discussion. And I just want to say sincerely, thank you so much for sharing your professional experience with us. I love that idea about building my curiosity muscle because I certainly feel like I've had the opportunity to do that. So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to continue this discussion with us, you can find the C-Suite podcast on LinkedIn, Instagram, and all the other social channels. Thank you again to our excellent panellists for this episode. Please do follow us if you'd like to keep up with our C-Suite conversations. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you can contact us via our website at csuitepodcast.com. Thanks so much to you for listening and goodbye for now.